This is your host, Dr. Mansima Shabazz. Hello, Dr. Cindy Martinez. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. It's wonderful to see you. You too. It's been a while. It's been a while. And I have a lot of things coming up my mind, memories Uh of things you and I may have done or not done. (laughs) 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 And I just wanted to invite you to share a memory with our friends listening right now and how we met or conversation, anything. What came to mind this morning as I was preparing, getting ready, was our time in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and just all the different things that we did. But most of all, being on the in that land and and working with our hands and just being grounded. And I think we went to a Pueblo, right? And we did um, work there. But what stands out to me is also the visit to the corn festival. Oh, yes. Early, Early in the morning and before the dancing started. Right. I do remember the the smell of the air just was clean. I can just, you mentioning that brought back that memory of how clean the air smelled and how that crisp air was. It just, it does something that just revitalizes me. Yes. And and, and I, I find Santa Fe to be, oh my goodness, when I go there, my dreams are like amazing. It, it opens up a whole new reality for me and being connected to the earth and the elders and the dance of course the drumming the drumming um, is also very powerful but I also remember the first time you and I saw each other I remember my reaction was I knew you from somewhere it's like we've known each other for for a long time and it felt that way it did I mean we connected and that was like we had just come back together from years of not seeing each other So this is really good. I will share one other memory. I think we had some challenges with a mojito or something like that somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we did. (laughs) We did. Okay. That was fun. So I wanted to ask you as a spiritual director, where does spirituality play in your life and why is it important? To me, it's, it's huge in my life. It's huge because I believe that that is, we were spirit before and we will be spirit after we go through this life. So that spirit that we have requires some attention. And I also have this philosophy that many ailments that produce themselves either mentally or physically usually have some spiritual basis that maybe you've been denying your your soul, the TLC. Right. that it needs to to thrive and too many people ignore that that we are made of body mind and spirit and do you see most people usually tend to the physical more and oh, they work their work their way up until maybe they are in some difficult situation then they shift to the spiritual but then as soon as that changes they go back to the physical so there isn't that steady connection with the spirit, right? Oh, I agree. Yes. They get into a crisis and then they want to find healing or relief. So they will seek out different venues. And when they finally do tend to their soul or their spirit, then they are better or, or things are going better, smooth. And then they feel that they're 
well, so they move on and forget that, oh, I've been neglecting this part of me for my entire life, maybe, or for a few years. Yeah. So how does one begin a process where they can do this more frequently? I think being in touch with everything around you, just being aware of the fact that you are just one grain of sand in this entire beach that is out here. and. We exist with this very, I want to say, dense area that we cohabitate in and, and this realm that we live in. And if we're not aware, everything, and I'm talking about the very physical nature, things that we don't even know yet, they're still being discovered in our minds and in our existence, because I want to say universe galaxy, but it goes beyond that. Right. But also... Listening to that small, quiet voice that typically women tend to hear frequently. I think Mm -hmm. women are more in tune to that. We call it intuition or a sixth sense, and women have that. But if we ignore that, then we miss some important information. Which means that is silence playing part of in tapping into that inner voice? Is there a practice that I would, there are so many things that we can do to really tap into that intuition? to guide us. Do you have a special practice? Silencing myself, quiet. The quiet is very important. Um, Being out in nature is also, as I mentioned before, revitalizing. Um, It's healing. There's something very therapeutic about being outdoors. There's also just meditating, thinking of nothing, but allowing those thoughts to come in and, and go. Acknowledge it, let it go, but then try to stay in that present moment allowing just the quiet to consume you. There's also music. Music is huge, a huge part of my quieting, calming, listening. And there's just so much that I've found through my studies, as well as through my what I do in life now, um, that music is very therapeutic as well. And it does matter what type of music it is, to some degree. (laughs) Well, since you bring up music, because I, I was going to ask about this later, but I'll just chime in right now about it. You talked about soul start story songs. What is a story song? Story songs can be a variation of things, but most of all, it is writing about experiences that are your own, or perhaps you were just drawn into someone else's experience. I can share an example with you. I wrote a song about an experience that my my husband shared with me. He was at the grocery store and there was, as he was leaving, there was a man standing outside and he said the man was elderly and he was looking around and my husband does could tell that he was confused or lost. He didn't know what he was looking for. So Des being who he is, he asked, All right. can I help you? <laughs> is there anything I can do to, to assist? And he said, I can't remember where I parked my car. And so Des asked him if he had the starter so that they could beep and see where the car was at. But it turned out that he actually wasn't the one driving. His daughter had dropped him off and she was picking him up in the front, but he didn't remember that. Uh-huh. So Des came home and he shared that story with me. And I just thinking about it, it kept coming back around and around. And then one day I was just sitting there and I just started singing the story of what Des had just told me. We're open to hearing the song, if you're willing to <laughs> do that one little verse. <laughs> Please. The man the other day 
He looked at me with no words to say. He was lost and alone, could not find his way home. I just stood there and stared. How can I show him I care? I quickly started to pray. Lord, tell me what to say. Oh my goodness. You know, that's so beautiful. One of the things I would normally do is to also share a song, but yes. I also tell God that what he gave me is what I, so I'm not going to go there with you today. <laughs> I think it's good. One for one. Oh, no, no, no. That is, <laughs> that is one thing I know I can't do very well, so I'm not going to, but I'm so happy you shared that with us. Now, you mentioned there is a particular song or particular types of songs that you use or recommend. What would they be? Uh, Most of them are meditative in style or repetitive, almost like I'm not sure if you're familiar with Taizé, but it's taking a phrase and and almost like a mantra. A mantra, right? Yes. Yes. So those are typical. But there's also just classical music and different types of classical music. The beating of the drum. I was in Minneapolis while I was doing my research for my dissertation, and I met with a youth leader on one of the reservations, and he took me to their therapy room, and they had this huge, I'm talking huge, people could stand around it, and and they used it with their, their teenagers, and they drummed as they told their story of abuse or addiction, and it was so beautiful. It was that could be the song or the music that you listen to. And sometimes it's just being outdoors. Again, listening to the song of nature, which is also pretty amazing. Right. I remember growing up, elders used to tell us that there is a lot in nature. Now, in my language, we don't have a word for nature. Oh. Right? So because it's supposed to be part of who we are. So it's embodied. Mm-hmm. everything. It's not separate. It's not that thing or and us and we're also told that there are other beings that are around us all the time the fact that we can't see them does not mean they don't exist and so they put specific days of the week where you cannot go into farm or like cut anything in the woods or so that there is peace and rest for them as well. It's the same thing with fishing. You cannot go fishing certain days of the week in order for the ocean to rest and the beings within the ocean to rest. So nature as part of who we are is at the center of our healing processes, right? And we have to integrate that. Now with that, I want to ask you, what is soul healing? Because I think it's connected. Oh, yes, it's definitely connected. The spirit that we're talking about exists in everything that's around us. And when we think about, I mean, just a houseplant research has been done that by talking to your houseplants or the exchange of oxygen and carbon dioxide, that that interaction helps plants grow. The same is true for us. When we breathe in pure, clean oxygen, it helps us to grow not physically like a plant does and sprout out. (laughs) But if you think about it, it really does feed us 
just like we need sun. I live in Alaska. We don't have the sun <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so in the winter months, it's dark and we miss the sun. So right. it's important. If you don't have it, you lose vitamin D. You can become depressed, go into seasonal affective disorder. And so there's just countless ways that not having nature in your life can disrupt your wellness. Right. And, and when you talk of plants, what I would refer as the plant kingdom, because mm-hmm. there's so many different plants. Um, there are medicinal as well as bring us joy in our homes. I mean, people who don't, I tend to play jazz. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm leaving the house, I leave it on. Smooth uh-huh. jazz, right? For my Ooh, nice. Very ah, nice. <laughs> you know, just, just so they can also spread out. But there are days I can, if I'm tuning in, Incredibly, even here, like when is the right time to water the plant and have this type of relationship or exchange with everything that we, with our pets, minerals, all sorts of things within nature that we can use to support our healing. So I want to ask you, how should a person begin a process of healing? There are so many things going on in our out of world right now, a lot of changes occurring. And from where we've been last year, rolling into this one, my God, a lot of people had to come face to face with what it is that is not going well in their lives. And if they had the opportunity to deal with them, what are some of the things they can use to start that process? It's breathing is probably the basic for me anyway, as long as people can follow their breath and know that, you know, there's this element out there. We can't see it, but we trust that it's there because we breathe in and our lungs take it in. So even though we can't see it, this life-giving air is around us. And to become mindful of that feeding our bodies, just breathing deep. Everyone has heard about, you know, a deep breathing or breathing for, to release aggression or or anxiety and all of those they give them different names but if you just it's very basic it's very natural it's what we are who we are without any extras and it's just that life-giving breath that we take and we take for granted i mean you and i are sitting here breathing but right. it's keeping us alive and so i would say being mindful of that. And through that, you can follow your breath. You can follow your breath through different parts of your body that might be hurting. You might allow yourself to let that air in and begin to move things. You can also allow it to move your thinking, um, breathing and letting go of negative uh, thoughts or feelings and replacing those with much more, I guess, happier, healthier thoughts such as I am here, you are here, right? we are together. <laughs> the breath, and I want to stay with this for the breath as a mantra, right? Because one of the things I say, the universe gives all of us equally, right? Is our ability to take in this breath. And when, for example, a baby comes to this earth, it's not the mother that is telling the baby start breathing it's coming from source Mm -hmm. and so we have to find a way to 
go to that source, which is the breath, to keep us moving from one thing, one step at a time, because the breath is one step. And one step at a time in order to really come to settle into our wellness. Yes. Okay. I like that. I really like that. (laughs) The way that you you have just phrased it. Yes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So when we're writing songs, is there, are there rules to it? There are in the music world. There are lots of rules. I am one of those people that does not like to be in a box. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't write according to their rules. And I get so much backlash for that. I mean, when we, my my husband and I, when we were recording (laughs) in the studio, the producer just said, you know, you got to keep the beat. And I said, but that's not how I feel the song. I feel the song this way. And so I'm going to do it this way. Right. And Des is a music major and it drives him bananas because, you know, he's a percussionist. So he's used to keeping the beat, keeping the time. Not me. I go outside. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I know why we're friends. <laughs> I don't like boxes. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. So if you were, if you had a, a client come to you and really needs this tool begin a process of healing how would you push them to it what would be the first step first few steps I would ask them about their interaction with music do they like music what type of music I would help get very comfortable with music so let them tell me about what type of music they listen to maybe even in the first, well, not probably not the first, but the second or third time that I meet with them, I would ask them to bring a song that speaks to them. Right. And so we'd listen to it together. And then we'd go through and what I call, or what actually what we do is rewrite the song using the same music. Some of them might use the same lyrics or add personal lyrics that speak more to their situation. And that process helps them go into what is going on and really connect with their everything, with their feelings, with the how it physically manifests itself within them, those feelings or thoughts that come up. And then we'd listen to the song again. And I'd allow them another opportunity to write and go deeper as they're moved to do so. And we continue to do that process until that song became their own. Some are musically inclined and they will write their own songs. I had one gentleman who was not sure about a woman and how she felt about him. They had been on some dates, but he really felt that she was the one. So he, uh, Native American, he did vocables for a group that he was with. And so he wrote a song for her. And in the middle of a conference, as people were coming out of the doors, he stood there with his drum. And he sang her this, this beautiful song. He said, now she's his wife. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, I, I can see that happening, right? To have somebody sing that song, that would be wonderful. So that's wonderful. Now I want to switch gears a little bit. Now that we have the tools to healing, et cetera. As women, we go through quite a bit oh, yes. in our life experiences, right? As mothers, as daughters, as friends, teachers, etc. There's so much we do. And sometimes in the process of doing these things, we put our needs aside or our needs come last instead of it being front and center, right? 
but we have a lot of our own issues to deal with. So if you had a group of women that you, or individual women that came to you, what are some of the things that instinctively you think could be helpful to their approach to putting themselves first? Being comfortable with their themselves, knowing who they are and not allowing other entities, other voices to dictate to them what is right for them or what they should be doing, what they should look like, how they should speak, how they should present themselves to the world. I I think it's very important for women to be comfortable with who they are. They were created perfectly. Right. (laughs) And we are very intuitive. We have this ability to nurture, which is why we are mothers. (laughs) And I'm I'm leaning towards having women understand their femininity and also looking at ourselves just in nature and how the female brings life to everything. (laughs) I would even bring in probably some psychology here. Right. (laughs) Go figure. (laughs) (laughs) And just talk about how our brains work and, and how we interact with others and how sometimes we put ourselves down, we put other women down, and that does not build up our our culture, our family, our environment. We need to be able to support each other and and not put expectations on on anyone unless, unless, here's the unless, they're in a very bad place and you want you want to help them to get out of that or they are ready to get out of that. I should put it that way because if someone's not ready to heal or move on, it won't happen. I agree with you. In fact, I wrote a blog about this, that women supporting each other is critical to our growth and power base. For example, some, and I don't want to get political, but there was a situation where a woman was sharing her experience of trauma mm-hmm. out there, right? And you had other women attacking her for the way she was handling it instead of really opening up a space, a sacred space, I would say, for her to really express what it is that she was feeling. And so because of our ideologies, people tend to say, because I'm on this side of this ideology, no matter what this other person says, I disagree. But if we are going to acknowledge the truth in our experiences, like violence against women, then we have to really come to terms with, and I'm picking this from what you just said, Mm -hmm. that we have to really validate each other's experiences and then find the tools for us to heal. Correct. As mothers, we have the next generation Mm -hmm. coming up. What are some of the things we would share with them to really be aware of their own power and how they can use it. I would definitely hit on the fact that we are all unique. We are all our own person. I'm Christian, so I believe that we have free will. We have the ability to choose our path to a certain extent. Of course, you know, there's always these outside factors that that play a part. But I'm talking more internally. If we set up barriers, then there will be barriers. But if we acknowledge that we can 
work around a barrier or we can even overcome a barrier, then the possibility of that happening is even greater. I think just having that connection with the world, we talked about nature, but also individuals. And again, here I go with the boxes. Don't put people in boxes. Don't expect this cookie cutter image of humanity and think everybody needs to be this way. I believe there are things that nature teaches us as far as if you if you hurt the world, the things will happen. Detrimental things will happen. So we learn from our experience and from the people that have gone before us. As we said earlier, our ancestors, our elders, they have so much wisdom. And I would encourage the next generation to listen to some of that. Not everyone is willing to share their experiences, but if they do, if they're sharing image that comes to mind is this grandpa telling his granddaughter about how women were treated in his day and how he believes that there's some of that that needs to come back or she can do whatever she wants to do because she can. Just listening to whatever it is, even if it's like my grandmother, she uh, was a midwife and she did so many homeopathic things for us that those memories live on in me, uh, the, taking aloe vera for a, a burn. I mean, if I would not have listened to her wisdom, I wouldn't know that unless I read it in a book today. Right. <laughs> but I think we've lost that. I think that we have lost that generational uh, valuing the, the ancestry or the, the elders that, that have gone before us. And if our this next generation opens themselves to the idea that mm-hmm. they do not know everything, <laughs> right? <laughs> that there is wisdom in experience of years being lived, the life, the experiences that you've gone through and being able to share that without being shut down or pushed out. I think that we'd all grow a lot more in our awareness of our connection to each other, our connection to our world, our connection to our spirit and the reality that we aren't here for that long. It seems like we're here 80 years is a long time, but really in the, in the scheme of things, scheme of things yeah. no, right. <laughs> it's not a lot in time. So yeah. Oh, I think I lost you. Well, oh, there, there you are. <laughs> there you are. That happens <laughs> with technology all the time. But as we're talking about our grandmothers and the natural uh, sources of healing that is available to us, is there a place people can begin looking? Because not everybody had the type of uh, relationship with their grandparents as we did. Mm-hmm. Right? I think now in in this modern era, in fact, the older generation seem to be separated from the general pulling of communities, right? Whereas in our experience we have our grandmothers being the people who direct the flow of things within the community right so that everything filters down from the eldest to the youngest but now we see them separated and so they are not able to share the wisdom day-to-day wisdom that they could with their grandchildren is there a way we can bridge this gap slow down. <laughs> I think we, move too, we move way too fast. <laughs> right. I don't know where we're headed, but yes, we move, <laughs> we, we're, moving, <laughs> we're moving really fast and almost seems like we're chasing something versus really being present in our day-to-day 
experiences. Now, one other thing you mentioned just now that I think helps with our younger generation, when people are put in boxes or they, when they are told to go into a particular box, when they are not able to step into their power, what would they do in that instance? Because not everybody has the strength to go against being told to do something. Now, I know I would rebel. <laughs> it's a natural thing to me, but not everybody has that personality or ability to respond that way. What would be some of the things they could do? For women or in general? For women particularly, but in general, yes, it's fine. You know, as much as I would like to reach out to all the women who have difficulty when they are oppressed, and any woman would, if you're oppressed, you're being smothered or controlled or kept from living. It would be befriending them, walking with them, just that positive affirmation. You know, there's so much more to if you, there's so much more to you that you have within you the power to do so much. It's acknowledging that the situation that they're in is hurting them right. more than helping them. But it's tough because there's so many women who are hidden away and they're kept out of circles. Some may not even have friends. So that makes it difficult. That's where I think technology can help doing things right. where it's either televised or radio or like you're doing here. It helps to get into those, I say these dark confined places because some people that's how they live. They don't move. They don't leave their homes. They live by watching TV or being on the internet. And that's going to suck the life out of you too, if you're right. doing that too much. But trying to connect with anyone, any way that you can, person to person, human to human, and acknowledge you and I, we're made the same. We're made, again, here I go with my Christianity, in the image and likeness of God. And that means that we have God within us, which means I need to acknowledge you as someone who has God within her in that interaction, being able to really get to the essence of what it means to be a woman, what it means to be alive, what it means to be living and to live life rather than have life live you right. and to see ourselves as capable of doing amazing wonderful things i mean the fact that we can give birth to a new human that to me is that's the pinnacle <laughs> I, you know i tell you everybody being through this experience knows what it feels like to really go through nine months of you know and uh, that's power right there i i don't know how we see it differently you know or even feel like we've given and and i have respect for people who have more than one <laughs> more so because I, I couldn't do it. I just thought, oh my God, I've, I don't know how I can do one more. But it's such a, a unique experience. And I think every woman, whether they have the, their own children or have relationships with other children, right? Because we may not be blessed with our own children, but Correct. we can still be mothers to others. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yes. And then to me, is the nurturing aspect, and uh, which is our power, really, um, and being able to bring it through different generations, so that we 
we will have harmonious communities within which our children grow up. So as a mother and you have, you're a mother, uh, you have how I have many? four. Four. Four plus your in-laws. Because yeah. when you wrote your bio, you didn't, you know, you counted all of them. So yes, I did. Kids, so right? seven so, all together plus five grandchildren. <laughs> plus five grandchildren. How is that in playing into your life experience at this age right now, having all of that together? It's a moment of awakening. I heard my parents speak about being a grandparent. I heard my parents talk about parenting, but it's not until this time in my life where I am seeing my children married and having children of their own that it really hit me. And I understood what my parents were telling me. Right. So even though I acknowledged it mentally, academically, it's like, yeah, yeah, you get married, you have babies or, or you have children and that's the next generation. But when we started to see grandchildren come into the picture, then it it just like this light bulb went off. I was like, oh, that's what they meant. Now I get what they were saying. It it makes life, it it changes how you view everything because you want the world to be a better place for your children, but then even more so for your grandchildren. I remember my, my parents saying, you know, your love, it just grows. It grows and it grows with each one that comes in and you just love them. I mean, you think that you you see people, they might love one more than the other. But in reality, that love is just you just love them. That's nice. <laughs> and I kept thinking it just grows and grows. You yeah, see, you're they, beaming as you talk about that. <laughs> <and I> like, <laughs> yes, they, they're amazing. Just watching these little humans figure things out. It's just, it's beautiful. I, I love watching them and just taking it in. It's like, we miss so much. We just, uh, as we grow into our adult life, we let go of things and we just miss. We miss so much in life. They touch and feel everything. Can you imagine if we went up and touched a tree and just exactly. stayed with it for a minute? Just a minute. <laughs> with, um, with all, they look to the world with and wonder. Yes, then the curiosity is right. just there. It's naturally there. We lose it somewhere along the way. Yeah. Lot, many of us do anyway. <laughs> we do because we shifted, you know, it's conditioning to shift to what the priorities are. But this conversation really goes to the root of the simple things we can do to reconnect to spirit and nature in order to blossom. Right. So I really love that. I can't end this conversation without asking you this question. What your view is about who a woman of power and grace is. Right. And from my experience, what are the attributes? What are people you know that you think bring that kind of quality to our lives? A woman who is comfortable in her own skin, a woman who knows her history, where she came from, what she has overcome, what she has accomplished. And by accomplishment, I don't mean having degrees or being in a corporate position. I mean, just taking yourself outside of that box, looking Mm -hmm. at yourself and seeing where you are and, and, and acknowledging even the smallest things that you think are insignificant. You're living with your parents at 18 and you move out on your own. That's huge. Right. Applaud yourself right. if you're existing. 
maybe it's say no to something that you know might hurt you. You know, someone offers you something and you just say, no, thank you. That is also something that I think empowers us. Most of all, though, it's our mentality, how we think, how we believe. There's tragic things that happen to women. And one of the things that has stuck with me for a very long time is watching a movie where a woman was being raped and the, they talked to her after the fact. Mm -hmm. And she said what kept her alive was what she was thinking. It's like they can do anything they want to this outside shell, but what's in here, my soul, my mind, those are mine, mine alone. And if I allow them to dictate to me how to think or how to feel, they've won. They're not going to win. I'm going to win. And she went on to do some, she wrote a book. I can't remember her name, but the movie was about her. And oh, I wish I could remember her name. If I remember, I will let you know. Yeah, please send it to me and I'll <laughs> add it to the post and share it with all the other ladies who may be listening or would listen later. This has been a very intriguing conversation. I knew it would anyway. Uh, and I've enjoyed this conversation very much. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for making time. I know you and your family were headed out somewhere and for the weekend, but you made time to be here. So I appreciate yeah. you very much. And thank you. And I hope we will have more of this. Thank you. Thank forward. you for having me or inviting me. Yes, we're headed out to the great outdoors because that's where I connect. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yes, and I, I love being spending time with you. We don't talk as often as I would like, but I love you like nobody's business. And um... <laughs> <laughs> and I love you too. And please tell Des I said hi. I, yeah. I certainly will. And I have a memory I will share privately later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm still looking at those crab legs too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, I'm open to let me know. Okay. Let me know. I, you know, we have some soup and stuff with Alaskan crabs. There um, you go. Uh, excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love you very Thank much. Thank you. Love you too. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye.